0: This is the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Traveling Green. We are committed to our students being known, knowing Jesus, and becoming kingdom workers. We hope this podcast serves to encourage, challenge, and to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Green Student Ministries. And like, doesn't even think about it. And then all of a sudden, people start to realize, they're like, wait a minute, like, that's Excalibur. Like that's the sword that was in the stone. Like that's, this is, hold on, time out, what happened? And so they put it back. They, like, they make him do it again because they don't believe him because he's like this little kid. And he pulls out and he ends up being like the rightful king of, I think it's England. I'm pretty sure that was how they, they figured it out. But whatever it is of the rightful king of that certain kingdom. So as we are digging into this series and actually wrapping up this series, uh, we have been looking at kind of what we're about here at uh, Green Student Ministry and what we are trying to accomplish, like what we're about here. And we would say there's three things. And so we've got them right up here: is that we would be known, that we would know Jesus, right? And then the last one that we're going to focus in on today is that we would be kingdom workers, all right? And that concept of a kingdom is something that, like, that doesn't really exist um, in even kind of like the original sense of just like there is... Uh, a place where there, a, there is a king that rules, has ultimate power and authority, right, and lives there, sits on a throne, and tells everybody what to do. Like, th- that doesn't exist in our country, all right? And then even the people who are, like, kings and queens, even over, like, in England and stuff, like, that's just, like, for pretend. They just, like, dress in fancy clothes and look. They don't really do anything, all right? They just, they're just there. Um, and they <laughs> say <See>, that's offensive. <laughs> I'm sorry. If the queen of England is offended, I will apologize to her. Um, So on that note, the whole thing is a kingdom, even like all the way back from the time that these types of things existed, was there was just kind of this set area, right, a region or a space, like land. They might have built walls around it. But in that, like, domain, a king ruled there. A king or queen ruled there together together over every, everybody, and everybody was subject to the king, and everybody worked for them, and everything that happened was like kind of all under the like rule and authority of this king, all right? So that's how a kingdom worked. But there is this concept that we have that we talk about a lot where we say, hey, we want everybody to be kingdom workers, right? And that is something that if you're not really sure what a kingdom is, it's like, well, how can I be a kingdom worker? And whenever you say kingdom, it's like, yo, Adam, are you talking like, are you saying that like you're the king and like that we're supposed to just like do whatever you say? Uh, that is not what I'm saying at all. So I'm excited to be able to jump in today. So we're gonna look a little bit more at what it means to be a kingdom worker. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and get them out. And I would encourage you guys. I know that not everybody has them, but I would love to encourage you guys. To bring your Bibles on Sunday morning. So, and here's why. For you guys, the best thing is, like, if you can take notes and, like, write in your Bible, whenever you leave here, if you open that part back up later, all of your notes and all the things that you wrote down, they're there again. And you could, like, look at them again, right? So you are allowed, you can totally write in your Bible. That's, like, that's legal, all right? That's not, like, a sin or anything. It's not, Bad. So I would encourage you to write in your Bibles, to take notes, uh, draw pictures if it helps you remember things, highlight stuff, underline, circle things, put stars by it, like anything that you want to do. And so I would say, please, 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 on a Sunday morning, bring your Bible. I I'm gonna work on us even like having extra Bibles available for people. Um, so if you don't have it with you, that you can use that uh, because I love getting to like write and just follow along that way. I think it's good for us. So. If you, have, if you have your Bible or um, if you are going to use a device to go there, turn to the book of Luke, the book of Luke. It is uh, the third gospel, and it's like probably three-quarters of the way through your Bible if you're going to get there uh, that way. So turn to the book of Luke, and we are starting in chapter 17. All right, starting in chapter 17, verse 20. And so here's, before we even read that, As we're talking about kind of kingdoms and what a kingdom is like, all right, let me then lay out what life was like for somebody back in the time that Jesus was around, all right? Because while Jesus is doing ministry, while he's around talking to people, while he's healing people, while he's doing what he's doing, right, everybody that's there is living technically in a kingdom, essentially. It's under Roman rule, right? If you guys have heard of Caesar, all right, he's the dude that's in charge, of all this stuff, Um, and all kind of this massive area is all run by this one people group, and they're the Romans, all right? They are in charge, very like military power, very strong, authoritative, very much just like you were going to do what we say or else, all right? And so whenever Rome came in and took over, like wherever you were living, then you just essentially, everything that you did was to work for them and to give them the things that you made and to help like the empire or, like, the kingdom, all right? And so if you were living in this time, especially if you were um, part of God's chosen people, if you were part of Israel, if you were a Jew, which Jesus also was, um, they experienced, like, oppression, essentially. They experienced all this just really hatred. They experienced bias. They experienced um, prejudice, all these things that while they were around, um, like, The Romans, the people that were around, they did not like uh, the Jewish people, essentially. But in order to survive, you had to, like, play nice um, in order to, like, keep your business or to continue to make money for food or to find things that you could use. Like, you had to play nice with the people that were in charge. And so even then, the rulers and the one who would call himself king or Caesar, like, had absolute authority, had all this power— um, rulers were typically seen as harsh, like very strong, like heavy handed. Um, they, they came with a lot of faults, right? It wasn't, it wasn't like they were looking for everybody's best interest to take care of people. It was just like, how do I get more? How do I get what I want? Um, and it was all very like self oriented. Um, again, Rome was very like militaristic. It was very powerful, very strong. Like if you talked bad about Rome in your like little village and they heard about it, like. You better watch out they're coming in and they're going to take over it just to like show you watch what you say all right um, and they would they would advance, they would like push out right uh, and get more land and more territory through like war that's just like that's how things happened that whenever you wanted to expand your kingdom, expand your rule, like you would send out the army and they would go take over a little village and kill whoever was ruling in that tiny little town. And you're like, hey, you're part of Rome now. You're welcome. And that was it. Like that's, they literally, they would be like, we're doing you a favor. You're part of the empire now. And so these Jews that were living here under this like oppressive rule, they're being taken advantage of. It's really, really difficult. It's hard to live this way. And they're experiencing all of this, like this way of life where the things that they want to do, the things that they feel like God has even called them to do are, are very difficult and even seen as just like, why, like what's wrong with you? Um, and they're, they're pushed around. It's not good. So all of a sudden, this guy Jesus shows up on the scene. They start saying things like, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is here. Is coming, it's near, it's here, it's right now. And so they start to hear Jesus say these things, all right? And so people are kind of, some people are very interested in this, and it's like, okay, Jesus is talking about this kingdom. This is kind of like, uh, gotta be careful, because if the Romans hear about this, it's probably not gonna be great. He starts talking more. And then not only that, he starts claiming that he's what, the Son of God? That's a big deal. That's kind of like if somebody showed up and was like, I'm the son of God. Like right now, they walked in the back and they did that. You'd be like, get out of here. That's crazy. Like, right? That's a, that's a very crazy thing to claim. But he backs it up. He starts healing people. He starts like blind people that couldn't see. He heals them and they can see. People that couldn't walk for their whole entire life, all of a sudden, He's like, get up and walk. And he, they pick up their mats and where they've been sitting and laying down for their whole life and they go and they walk. These people that have leprosy, these like skin diseases, all of these parts of their body that's paralyzed that they, they can't use, he touches them and heals them and all of a sudden, like their lives are changed and they're telling people about it. He starts to tell people everything that they ever did or he starts to tell them like who they are and all of these things that maybe they'd never even spoken of, but like he just knows. And so all of a sudden, Things are happening. He's not only doing that. There's people who they're hearing whispers of stories where there was like a little girl that was dead and he showed up, went to the room. And after he left, then all of a sudden the little girl was like fine again. You start to hear these things and you're like, okay, maybe this guy is like for real. Like he's, what, what he's doing and what he's saying, like wouldn't you start to be interested in that? You'd be like, you'd wanna hear more about him you'd want to like go see what he's doing and hear what he's saying. And then as he's talking to all these people, he starts talking about kingdom, He starts talking about how the kingdom of God is coming, and then there's all these, these prophecies and all these things in the Old Testament that points towards this person called Messiah, who was supposed to come and put back like the broken parts of the world and make everything right again. And he's coming, Jesus is coming and saying, "I'm that guy." all right? Would you be interested in like at least knowing a little bit more about who he is? Like if that was you, if you're living under this oppressive rule, and then even this idea that like he's going to get rid of these kings. He's going to get rid of these people who oppress us. He's going to put the world right. He's going to fix everything. And they are thinking just like the people that are in charge. So there's a group of people um, that they hear what Jesus is teaching. They hear this talk about kingdom, and they're like, Yo, I want that. I want, Jesus going to come in here, like he's going to roll in on a horse and he's going to show up and we're going to fight and he's going to kick out the Romans and he's going to kick out all of the Caesar, Caesars and whoever's in charge and all of these people who are like r- ruling over us. He's going to get rid of all those people and then he's, and then God's going to rule. Like that's, and people start talking about that and they're getting really, really excited thinking that Jesus is coming in to, like, beat up these guys, to kick them out, and, like, that that's, like, the rescue that he's talking about. Okay? And so, obviously, people are interested, and they're asking about this kingdom, and so that's where we pick it up in Luke 17, verse 20. He's been saying all these things, and then one day, the Pharisees ask Jesus, they say, when will the kingdom of God come? They're like, when? When is this happening? Where is this happening? How is this happening? Because their concept of what a kingdom is means that it's a a set area of land. It's like it's a it's a place where you live. It probably has walls to protect it. And then right there's a king that rules in that space. When When is this kingdom coming? When are you going to take back? Israel? When are you going to take back Jerusalem? When are you going to take back the city, the promised land? When are you going to, when are we going to go in and kick these guys out, and then you're going to rule, and we're going to get rid of all these bad guys, right? Because the, the idea even is that in, in removing all the people that were oppressing them, and, and were harming them, and, and that were harsh to them, it's not like, hey, we don't want you to be around anymore, so like you can go over there and we're going to be here, and like you live your life over there, have a nice time, but like we're going to live in this kingdom with Jesus, and you go over there. No, like in their minds, whenever you think about a new kingdom coming in, it usually involves like killing and destruction and like waging war on whoever is currently in charge. So they had this expectation that Jesus is going to come in, like, with a sword, and he's going to fight, and he's going to get rid of these dudes. And they're like, when is this kingdom coming? When is it happening, Jesus? And Jesus replies, this is still verse 20, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Okay? So all of these ideas— right, that they've got about what a kingdom is and isn't. They hear Jesus say this, and he's like, yeah, it's not, you, there's no visible signs. It's not over there, or it's not over here. The kingdom of God is already among you. People are like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? All right, this is, this is something for them as they hear this. this it, it, if they haven't been paying attention to Jesus, this is confusing, because Jesus has continuously talked about what the kingdom is like. He's trying, he tries to help explain it to us, all right? Um, also, flip over to uh, Luke chapter, sorry, what's the, what's the next one? I think I have it up there. Oh, I think I've got the, I grabbed a different one. I wrote it down wrong. It's 13. No, go to the next one. Yeah, it's the next slide. That's what I've got. 13, 18 through 21. Yeah, there we go. So, I'm sorry, that was confusing. So this is Luke 13:18 through 19 and then I've got the next slide is 20 through 21. So here, so he's he's trying to explain to them what the kingdom is like. So he says, Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? So he's trying to like teach them. It's like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. Okay. Does that sound like a place with four walls? Like like the normal kingdom? Does that sound like a, a place? Kind of, maybe. Go to the next one. He says he also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? I love that this is also, this is Jesus like asking. It's like he's like, it's like, oh, you want to know what the kingdom of God is like? I'll tell you. Like he's like asking himself these questions and then answering. It's just funny. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It's like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Permeated means like it spread out. It, it filled. It, like, it saturated. It, it it went through the entire loaf. That's also a fun word to say, loaf. All right? It started out, what Jesus is saying is the kingdom of God, right, like this mustard seed and this yeast are very, these very small things very small, but they grew and grew to the point where they were filling. They, they spread through what? Everything. I love the, even the, the first one, um, 18 through 18 and 19, where he says that not only is it like a little seed that becomes a tree, but then there's more than that. And the birds make nests in it's branches. So it's like this is something that starts small, gets bigger, and then not only is just like big, but it's beneficial to people. Like the kingdom of God is like something that then people can, can enter into and feel safe and protected. Like this is where, right, a nest is where a bird lives, and, and that's where like the little baby birds live before they can fly, and they like get kicked out of the nest, right? But it's like they, this is a, it's a place of shelter and home and safety and and Jesus is explaining this, and, like, this is what it's like. But it starts out, like, little. little. That's how you have to say it. It starts out very small. Um, this the other passage, go back to that other slide. I remember it's, it's from Matthew, and I just forgot to put the reference. Um, I'll have to go back and find it. But this is, this is Jesus. He's with his disciples. Um, and what happens is we've got, we've got the two, we've got James and John, all right? who also are known, this is, I feel like this is a really funny nickname, they're known as the Sons of Thunder, all right? Like that's literally what they're called in the, how would that, that would be super cool, if like that's how you were known, where it's like you and your brother were the Sons of Thunder. I just, that's intimidating. It sounds like a, like a, kind of like a knockoff wrestling team. I don't know, all right? Who's, like, I'm not gonna go there. Anyways, um, so these two guys, they're talking with Jesus, and actually it's their mom, their mom starts talking to Jesus, and she's like, hey, Jesus, in your kingdom, right, so whenever you're going to rule, when, you, when you're doing that, can you make sure that my boys, the sons of thunder, that one sits on your left and one sits on your right, and that they rule with you? So in her mind, it's like, Jesus is going to be king, and you know what, like, my boys are really special. They're really, you should, you should take them. Can they rule with you? That'd be great, right, Jesus? And so she's like telling them this. And trying to kind of like, it's almost like sneak them into like leadership, right? When this happens, the other disciples, right? so here in verse 24, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were like, whoa, what do you mean you asked to rule? Like, I thought we were all in this together. Why are you trying to like sneak in there and grab like, I don't know, the number two and three chair? What, what the heck? But Jesus called them together, and he, so he's, he's going to correct them here. I love this. He said, you know, that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That is totally different backwards and upside down. If somebody shows up and says, "I am going to take over and I'm going to start a new kingdom and I where I will rule and reign forever." You would think that that also means like power and authority through military might, through war and violence that you're going to come in and take over, that it would be through bloodshed, that you would show up and you would get rid of the old leaders. And that you would you would come in, take over, and say, this is mine now. I rule here. And it's just like these people, these Jews, the people that are following Jesus, that they're listening to him talk, a lot of them are waiting for this. Even some of them, there's a group of people that are called zealots. It's this group of people that are like, they're almost more like the like, just, like, crazy out there. Not only are they like, yeah, I hope that Jesus takes over, but they're like, but I'm, and I'm going to be right there with him. And they're trying to, like, stir up trouble, and they're like, Jesus is coming, and we're going to take over, and we're going to kick these dudes out. Like, they're gearing up for a fight. And Jesus says what the kingdom looks like is that those that want to lead are to serve. Totally upside down and backwards from everything else that these people know. It, the kingdom of God is upside down. It is, it is backwards. It is different from any other kingdom. Because the crazy thing is that what ends up happening is that Jesus does roll into town, right? He, instead of a horse, what does he roll into town on? You guys remember? A donkey, right? Jesus rolls into town on a donkey. Huh. Here comes Jesus. I'm serious, all right? Very regal and royal. He rolls into town on a donkey. He shows up, and like people are ready for him. They scream, Hosanna. They're like, Yes, he's here. He's going to kick out these bad guys. Here we go. Like it's getting started. And he waits. And he doesn't give them what they want. And then they get mad. And then they hand him over to be crucified because they didn't get exactly what they wanted, how they wanted it, when they wanted it. These people, us, just in the same way that we would as well, turned over Jesus to then be crucified because whenever they realized that he wasn't going to come in with a sword, they were mad. And so what happened was that this new kingdom came through bloodshed, but not the kind that they were expecting. Jesus' kingdom came through the shedding of his own blood by giving his own life away and embodying what it looks like to not be somebody who seizes control through violent means, but by sacrificing themselves and leading by example, by leading by being a servant to all, by loving and giving themselves as the ultimate sacrifice for every single person that even hung him up on that cross. That is an upside-down kingdom. That is backwards. That's crazy. And so I I love that whenever we look at this and Jesus is talking about this kingdom, the kingdom of God is different, all right? Because it isn't here or there. He said it's among you. It's in the midst of you. And what we know is that whenever whenever Jesus leaves, he says, whenever I go, someone else is coming, right? I will send to you someone to be your helper. And he sends the Holy Spirit. And so now if we believe that Jesus is who he says that he is, we talked about that last week, he sends the Holy Spirit to then live in you, which is the very presence of God. And so that whenever we leave this place, whenever we go out of this room, where where does God's presence go? It goes wherever you go if you are his, that anywhere that you are is also where the presence of God goes. And that's how his kingdom grows. His kingdom advances, right? It starts out little through these 12 guys that he was with. And then it spread like, wild, like wildfire. Like a, like a small seed that grows, spreads its branches, and is a safe place for all people to come and make their home in. The object of the kingdom of God is that it would multiply. The goal of God's kingdom is that it would advance and move forward, not through power or military action or through violence, but through love and care and service. It's different, it's upside down, it's backwards. It does not make sense to people who only know power and authority. It's different. And so I love this, just this picture of multiplying and, and multiplication. So I'm going to have us try something here to, to end everything uh, today. So, because I think this is important, right? Jesus knew that whenever he got ready to go, right, he had lived and kind of done everything and served and um, really walked really, really closely with these kind of like 12 guys, um, with his disciples that we know. And so he lived with them for three years and was around them all the time knowing that it would be better to invest his life into this small group of people who could then go and do the same and model what it looks like. So we're going to try something. I need um, one person from over here. Actually, uh, Zach, why don't you come up here? Yeah. Zach, why don't you come up here? Um, So here's, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and then I need uh, one person over here. Yeah, come on up. So here's, here's how this is going to work, all right? Over here on this side, this is, this is pretty even. Actually, I would say that over here is probably a little bit more, and uh, we're going to see how this goes. So, Zach, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to, like, sprint, all right, but you can try your best. I'm going to give you half of this stack of paper, and I want you to go around. You are in charge to hand out one piece of paper at a time, all right, one at a time to give to every single person. So you kind of go through the rows, hand them out. You can't like take a couple and give it to the person at the end and have them pass it out. I want you, yourself, you have to hand out to every single person. All right? Here's what I'm going to have you do. I, for this side of the room over here, I need you guys. So I'm going to take, and we're going to half, do half of this. I'm actually going to give you, I'm going to give you this. All right? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to split this, and I'm going to give you half and what you're going to do is you're going to find one other person and you're going to split this in half and you're going to give them that half. All right? If you are given a stack of paper, then you also split it in half and you give it to somebody else. And you keep going. Does that make sense? We're going to try this. All right, so Zach, you go ahead. Start, start passing that one at a time. All right? Here's half of this. So you give, you give half. I'm going to give half, half to you. All right, then. Will you get up? You guys get up and go. Go give half. All right. Let's do. Let's do this. I'll give you half. And you, if you get a stack of paper, just half it. There you go. And uh, if it's the last piece of paper, then that's okay. Now you. We should be all right. So get up. Get up. If you have a stack of paper, and find somebody who doesn't have paper. Yep. Just keep halving. Just keep having. Oh, okay. Wait. Time out. So, no, it, so, so. Hold on. All right. So, everybody, look. How many over? Uh, I, everybody. Over, everybody's already up, and everybody already has paper. And now we're all like, we don't have anybody to give paper to. Yeah. All right. Literally, everybody. Not yet. Hold on. Don't do that. All right. So, go sit, Go. Go back right, right over there. All right. So, stop, please. Serious. All right. So. Over here, Zach. You did a great job. You got about you got about half. All right, that's good. But which way was faster? Over there. Okay, cool. So everybody, go ahead, sit back down. You can have you can keep your paper. We're we're, we're almost done. I got one more slide. I got one more slide. All right, one more slide. Shh. All right, throw up throw up that next throw up that last slide for me, Kyle. Okay. So this is this is. Um, This is something that I always find really interesting. All right, so listen to this. If an evangelist won a person per day to Christ for 16 years, all right, so that would be, like, crazy. That'd be literally you, every single day, you, like, went to school, and one person that you talked to said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, like, and they gave their life to Jesus. It didn't matter, like, if you go to the store, you went, like, to the mall, you went to, like, a random game, You went anywhere that you go, and you're like, hey, you should follow Jesus. And just like day after day, these people are like, oh my gosh, yes, I love it. I want to follow Jesus. That would be crazy awesome. I would love that. For 16 years, there would be 5,840 decisions for Christ. However, if that same person chose to disciple one person per year, and then the two of them agreed to disciple one person each the following year, and then those four disciples, or those four people disciple another four, this would multiply into 65,536 followers of Jesus in the same amount of time. That was great. So listen, listen, listen. Shh. What I'm telling you guys is this, and I got to wrap up because I know that everybody's got paper now. All right, so just one second. So listen, don't crinkle your paper for like three seconds. Shh, all right, here's the deal. It is not, it is not about trying to do and, and talk to like the most possible people about Jesus all the time, all right? Yes, that is important that we wanna spread the gospel, that the kingdom needs to grow. But to be a kingdom worker, to be somebody who spreads God's kingdom It means that we take time and we invest in people and we love them and we show care for them and we're patient with people. And it's not about as many as possible, not about doing as much and as many as you can by yourself. It is about teaching people about who Jesus is so that they will go and teach people and show people who Jesus is like and that he is who he says that he is. That is how the kingdom multiplies, right? That picture of a little bit of yeast gets put into the loaf, into the bread. And by the time that it it sets and it's done, it's ready, it has spread through the entire thing, right? Jesus himself could have probably gone around one at a time and just been like, you, 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 right? But if those people that were impacted by Jesus never then went out and told anyone else about what he's done— I think the number stops at some point and it's extremely small. But Jesus chose a different way. He taught us how to be multiplied, how to to grow, how to move the kingdom forward and that each and every person that's in here has a part to play. And you think about maybe the kid that sits next to you in class or the kid that's on your team or the kid that's in that club or that is in your neighborhood or even like the one that annoys you, right? Maybe you annoy them. Like you, you are called to show Jesus to them and to love them. And that is what being a kingdom worker is about. It is about advancing God's kingdom, which looks different than any other kingdom that the world has ever seen. So, with that, in Green Student Ministry, we want you guys to be known. We want somebody in here to know who you are. We think that small groups are important please sign up for your small group. Be a part of that. We want you to know Jesus. That's why we get together in here. That's why when we're in small groups, we talk about the Bible. We talk about Jesus. We want to ask questions and and challenge each other in our faith. And then whenever we leave, we want to be kingdom workers because we want to share this with the other people. We want to be kind. We want to be patient. We want to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit everywhere that we go, that people would know Jesus and be redeemed and saved and that they would be changed by his love forever. Got it? Good. Thank you for participating with that. Let me pray for us, um, and then you guys can get out of here. Father, we love you. Thank you um, for the kingdom of, of God. Thank you for the kingdom of heaven, that it came that Jesus, when he showed up, proclaimed boldly the kingdom of heaven, that it looks different than the rest of the world, that it is not through power and strength, God, but through service, service and love and even giving your own life away. So God, I pray that we would be willing to do that. I pray that we would give our time away, even whatever Pastor Jeff talked about today in the main service, as we talked about talents and just, yeah, the things that we have. I pray that we would recognize the gifts that you've given us, and that we would use them for your glory, for your kingdom, and that we would be able to be kingdom workers as we go out of this place. We love you, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact us at gsm at thechapel.life or follow us on Instagram at Green Student Ministries. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.